everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, which is the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Better yet, just subscribe, and then you don't have to be on the lookout at all. It just shows up. Absolutely. Amazing. Shout out to New NJBIA.org slash subscribe there if you're looking to go. do that. There you go. Thank you. If I step on your lines, I should do it properly. No, no, no I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like rather than having my whole little segment after this. Two years down the line, people should know how to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know we're on iTunes, you know we're on Google yeah. Play, all that. Just, if you're watching this now, if you're hearing me, just keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need updated coverage. Absolutely. So with us today, and I, I have this right here, author of Career in Transition is Mark Beal. So Mark, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hey, great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. I look Thank forward you for to uh, talking about the books, Gen Absolutely. Z, and everything else we'll cover today. Excellent. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Okay, so today's icebreaker is, would you rather have a relaxing vacation or an active vacation? Hmm. Oh, I'm an active vacation. I'm, I'm planning already 20 days from now. I'll be in Cabo San Lucas, climbing mountains, jumping out of airplanes, all that kind of stuff. You got every minute stuff. accounted wow. for? You got the uh, whole I don't like to keep it all accounted for. I like to keep it, but every day's got to be an adventure. You know, uh -huh. I, I always ask when I present it uh, to companies and conferences, I always ask the question, when was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you did something? Because it's this idea that a lot of us kind of get routines and ruts and we've got to go out there and at least try new things. This is your first time on other people's business. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so this is it. You know, every day, every day, every day is an adventure. Every day, if you can do something new, again, it just it just you know helps you uh, evolve and transform and think differently and all that. So sure. Very cool. Then what about you? No, I'm definitely a relaxing vacation <laughs> yeah. guy, but I don't get to do it because right. the wife is an active vacationer, <laughs> and you know, like she wins. She wins. Yeah. <laughs> and the baby likes to be active. As weird as that sounds, like she's, she's like more outdoorsy than you are. As oh a yeah. Year old. Uh, she's more outdoorsy than the two of us put together, you know? <laughs> so it's it's weird. It's like weird that that happened. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like nothing more than to just lay on a beach and not do anything for like a week. But <sighs> I don't amazing. get to do it. Maybe maybe one day I'll just take that vacation and not tell anybody. You know, like you need to write a book about that. I like that. I go. like this book All idea. Right. Yeah. Well, how about you? So, same. I think I would prefer a relaxing vacation, but I never take them. Like, a year ago, last week, I was in Japan. Didn't speak the language, met friends, had to navigate a completely foreign culture, sort of on my own without a lot of help. And I did it, and it was fun, and I had a great time, but it was not relaxing. And then in May, I did a bus tour of Ireland with my oh. family. So much fun, yeah. not relaxing. But At fun. All. But super fun. Some of the friendliest people in the world. I Ireland. totally Love agree. Ireland. Love it. Totally agree. Super friendly. If you've never uh, been, you've got to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Not I was going to say, while you were in Japan, she was texting me, like, telling me the things <laughs> she was doing. And it, I remember you saying, like, you were, you were checking out a big, like, 30-foot statue of Gundam. Oh, yeah. And I was like you know Gundam? And you're like, no. And I'm like, she must be a hardcore like vacationer to be like, I don't even know half this stuff, but I'm going. Again, you know? I was with friends and sure. I was sort of along for the ride. They were sort of dictating what the plans were and I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. So we took a train to this man-made island off the coast of Japan where the military, the Japanese military, had been for years and years and years. And then after World War II, it was mandated that they dismantle the military on this island and now it's just shopping malls and 
gungdoms and, <laughs> and I don't even know if I said that right. But sure, no, like no, that's a, fine. <laughs> a thirty foot tall. I was calling it a Voltron because in my head that's I mean, what it looks like. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit like a geek blasphemy here. It's all the same thing. Thank you. Uh, Transformers, Gundam, Voltron. It looks like Voltron. To They're me. all robots yes. that turn into something else. That's man. exactly right. And I swear to God, it was like ten o'clock at night, and the whole crew that I was with insisted on staying another hour to stand in the cold because every hour at the top of the hour the Gundam mm -hmm. like would move. He, he oh, would basically right. he would do something like that. <laughs> you see for that. And I was like really? They were like it's gonna be amazing just wait just wait. And we stood in the cold and we waited for an hour and it did the thing and I was the most underwhelmed I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> You were better off just relaxing on the beach. I was like, we could have been home by now. What is, what, come on. <laughs> Give me an example of something you've done on a vacation that was super active super adventurous. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like I said, you know, we go to Cabo San Lucas almost every year. You know, jump out of an airplane for 10,000 feet up is always fun. Nice, yeah. Uh, last year we tried a little adventure. It wasn't quite a motorcycle, it wasn't quite a moped. It was probably a scooter that went 50 miles an hour. We wanted to go up to this town called San Jose, mm -hmm. 30 miles away. So we said to uh, guys renting these vehicles, you know, can we take one, two of us go on one? Sure. Can we go on that highway? No problem. We get on the highway. It's like the New Jersey. You don't turnpike. need a license. Oh my no, God. nothing. Nothing. <laughs> We're in the right lane on this scooter vehicle, going pushing fifty. Cars <gasps> are going by at 70, 75, 80. How we made it, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we made it, and somehow we made it back too. We said this year we're not doing that. That was uh, no. that was more uh, exhilarating, perhaps, than jumping out of the airplane. <laughs> I would imagine, you know, just going like unlicensed on some motorcycle-looking thing. Oh yeah. Oh my but it's God. always, you know, depending on where you are, as you said, what country, what culture. I mean, you kind of want to immerse yourself in the experiences there and try things. Yeah. And you're in Rome, right? So how many Absolutely. times have you jumped out of an airplane? Twice. So we've done that twice. We've done it right over the beach, uh, over the Sea of Cortez in Cabo San Lucas. And you land on the beach. So this is even great, too. So last time we landed, you're landing within 5, 10 feet of people sunbathing. And mm. I mean, right on the beach, a crowded beach. Um, so luckily, whoever you're going with, you know, the professional who you're tandem jumping with, he better know his stuff. Because I was going to say, he shouted, get out of the <laughs> it's a tight landing space, but it's gorgeous. I was going to say, uh, when I did that, like I, I jumped out and we had to land on grass, sand might be a little nicer. You yeah, know? yeah, could be. Give. Yeah. 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 Would you ever do that yeah. again and, and do it on, on a beach like that? I don't know. I feel like I you do it, you, did you it, say you've done, done it, you know. Yeah. Like, you know. Now that's my feeling about parasailing. I've mm. done that once and it was I'd like to do and that. it was fine. Yeah. But it was a little too relaxing for me. I mean, you just kind of sit there. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I would do it I really once. But do I would do it once. Yeah. Whitewater rafting, speaking oh, of like sure. too relaxing, like, you know, that's one of those ones that's a little like more on the dangerous side. Yeah, absolutely. Have you done that? Yeah, but not in the dangerous rapids. I mean, uh, I don't want it to be too dangerous. No, no. It's, again, just to be able to say yeah. you did it. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to ask you, is this like a black diamond kind of a situation? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't have any interest in that. I don't okay. want to go in the water at all. Yeah. I don't know. It looks a little too scary. Sure. Even if it's not, I don't know. I'm a little too chicken. Shout out to uh, Wendy LaRue. She's one of our yeah, uh, streamers. She does stuff like that all the time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely, she does. Oh. Okay. All right. So, Mark, tell us about Gen Z. Oh, Gen Z. So, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory on it first. You know, so, I spent the last 25 plus years in New York with a, a great, great agency, Taylor, one of the leading public relations and marketing agencies, especially in the sports and entertainment space. Mm -hmm. And then six years ago, Rutgers said, Would you teach one course in public relations? Now, I went to Rutgers, graduated from there back in 89. So, I was eager to to teach one course. One course turned to two, turned to three, now I'm full-time course mm -hmm. as a full-time professor of uh, public relations in their School of Communication and Information. Well, 
So I combine my 25 plus years of marketing with now I'm spending every day with these Gen Zers. So Gen Z, for those who don't know, anyone born officially starting in 97, unofficially let's say 1995 through about 2010. So the oldest Gen Zers just graduated college, they just started working, uh, they're changing the workforce. You've got a bunch right in college, some in high school and a few in kind of middle school and elementary school. And so I get to every day collaborate with these students. So I get to hear, you know, what's trending on social media? What are they hmm. preferring? Why is TikTok all of a sudden becoming something that yeah. the National Football League and others are investing in? Um, why is Facebook for old people? Mm -hmm. And Gen Zers do not yet want anything to do with it. Last week I had 35 of my students in the class and I had 25 students come from Wall High School as part of a field trip the Wall High School Business Academy. So it's 20, had 60, I said, this is great. So I used the whole class as a way just to, you know, survey them. I asked the high school students, how many are on Facebook, even a little bit, not one hand. Zero. Not even a little Zero. bit. Zero, wow. if you ask the college students that, one or two out of 35, maybe. Hmm. I, I do surveys all the time on Gen Z and it's about 6%, not one high school student. So, you know, what you learn by hanging out with them, what's most popular now, of course, is Instagram and because of Instagram stories. Snapchat is probably a close second. They do use Twitter a little bit, and it's more to just get news, information, whether that's about pop culture, entertainment, not really to share content. Mm -hmm. um, but you hear all these things. And the biggest thing and the biggest messages for, again, businesses, especially if Gen Z will become a target or is a target audience, they just don't consume traditional media. They don't watch the five o'clock news. They don't mm -hmm. watch Good Morning America. They don't read a newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, so they get their, they still consume media and content, but they're getting it in different ways and from different sources. There was a really good article a few weeks ago in the New York Times by a Gen Zer who interned there this summer, and he said, you know. That's a paradox. Uh, like, yeah, they yeah. don't read it, but they wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the story, yeah. the whole, whole story was, I'm a member of this cohort called Gen Z, and yes, we do consume information. Yes, we seek information. We just don't seek it from traditional sources. So he spent his summer at the New York Times creating kind of a Gen Z-friendly um, program for where Gen Zers would be more apt to go get information. So that's the biggest thing for, again, companies, businesses, marketers, advertisers. How do you market to a generation that doesn't want to be marketed to in a traditional sense? And is that what this is about? Well, that's what this book's about, Decoding Gen Z. Decoding so, Gen Z. Yeah, so I, um, I traveled the country. I interviewed Gen Zers from age 13 to 23, high school freshmen to those who just graduated college. And again, it's all about those insights. What do you prefer on social media? What are you looking for in a future employer, for in a future business that you're going to go work for? Um, how should companies market you if you don't respond to traditional marketing? And so that's all the things it's about. And I'm probably on a weekly basis speaking somewhere to some organization who's saying, we need to understand this generation. They are going to be the next biggest generation for us. This year, Gen Z became the largest generation in this country. So there's more Gen Zers than millennials. There's more Gen Zers than boomers. And you they, didn't even mention Xers. And I didn't even mention Xers yet, <laughs> which I am. You feel like and, that. Um, <laughs> and they have you know, a significant um, economic influence. Now, a lot of them it may be because they influence their parents, right? right? But they do have influence. So, now and over the next 10 or 15 years, you know, not that millennials are going anywhere, but I think millennials who have been the focus for a lot of organizations, companies, businesses, are kind of a little bit more in the rearview mirror, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think Gen Z will become a primary, again, for, for many organizations. So, uh, fa I'm fascinated, but again, I have this, I have this great opportunity where every day, you know, when I leave here, I'm going to go teach at Rutgers, I'm going to be with 35 Gen Zers, and I will just hear 
new things, things that are trending, things that are they're gravitating towards. Um, you know, I, I mentioned TikTok. Wait, what's the what's the class about? Because my class like is a marketing class. You're just like class. hanging around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my that, <laughs> I was teaching who here? <laughs> that class is a 400 level course called uh, Media Marketing and Communication. So a marketing okay. course. In fact, they're at the phase of the course now where they I I found identified real world clients for them and brought them in last week. So they met with CEOs of organizations here in New Jersey, businesses in New Jersey, and they got to meet them and kind of you know conduct a discovery session with them and understand what their marketing challenges were. And now for the next four or five weeks together, we'll create marketing recommendations and they'll present that as their final project. Um, but you just, every week, you just hear, I mean, we all, I'm sure we all saw this, but in the last few weeks, right? The Popeye chicken sandwich. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is back. <laughs> At mean, least as of the time that I'm saying this. But they keep selling yes, it. You never know if it'll be sold out again by yeah. the time it airs. But, but yeah. that was a hot topic of discussion this whole semester, right? Yeah. Just the idea of, you know, that it truly did engage them, that some of them drove miles and miles and miles to, to try that chicken sandwich. So that was a brand that figured a way to, again, engage them and, and get them to perhaps, you know, try the product. So it's those kinds of things. We drove, I want to say it was like 40 minutes to go to Popeye's, and it was the first time I was at Popeye's in 10 years. So, Did yeah. And, and I didn't even get the sandwich. No, it was sold out. I did, it was like one of those first couple days it was sold out. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? You don't have sandwich. How difficult? You got chicken. <laughs> Is it the bun? Was that really the problem? Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. So, Gen Z will tell you. So, when I do serve, and I do surveys every three months with Gen Zers across the country. So, online surveys, just to again refresh the data, mm -hmm. see where things are going, see what's becoming more popular. And what they'll tell you is the number one way to market to them is give them an experience that they can immerse themselves in and share on their social media channels, right? They want social media currency. They want to brag a little bit. They want to flex those muscles and say, I was at this event or here or there, and they want to share it. Um, so a little tip for event planners out there. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. think personally, if you're in event marketing, event planning, event management, I, I've said this in a speech not too long ago, you're getting into what I think will be the golden age for that because more and more companies and brands are going to rely on event management companies to create these, again, immersive experiences that are what we call Instagrammable. So they can be shared and socialized. And uh, ultimately that's, you know, in marketing, if you can get a consumer, whether it's Gen Z or any other consumer, to advocate for your brand by yeah. simply sharing it on social media and saying, I had a great experience at this location, at this business, with this company, and I'm sharing it to all my followers, you know, they're not paying you to do that. That's right. You're not a paid influencer. You're doing that because you genuinely believe that this company has done a nice job. I enjoyed my experience and I want to share that now. So ultimately, that's where brands and businesses want to get with Generation Z, where they're advocating on behalf of your company or your business, but they're not, you know, paying you to do that. You're not a paid mm. spokesperson. So. Right. I mean, that's what Firefest was, right? Remember? Uh, no, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They, they wanted to put on an event that was basically an Insta event. Like everything that you would yeah. ever want to throw on your Instagram. And then in order to promote it, <laughs> oh they got God. as many like big they social did. media sure. influencers as they could to all put it on their feet at the exact same time and say like, hey, you want to be here? And then the whole thing wound up being a huge scam. But you know, it did. in yeah. theory, that would be like the template yeah. that you know, you'd want to like go for from here on out. Yeah. Know? I think the other th big mm. thing with Gen Z, and we're talking about again, businesses, is um, I just had a con phone call as I as I came in today. Is that companies will have to slowly evolve and transform, and I think millennials start this, but just policies that they've had in place for years, but they need to change it if they really want to recruit and retain the best talent. Mm -hmm. And again, whether that's millennials or Gen Z. So, um, you know, I talk about things like WFA, work from anywhere. Ten years ago, you would never have thought about that. Yeah. I can work from anywhere. I can run. Well, more and more and more as we get into 2020 and beyond. 
that's going to be something that companies are going to have to start thinking about because, again, the best talent may say, well, if I can't get it here, I may be able to get it from another mm -hmm. business or company. So things like that. Um, you know, this generation, the quote I always use, which I, I wish I said, but it was from the CMO of MTV. She said, this is the first generation that learned to swipe before they could wipe. And the idea was that they had technology in their hands from age That's one, right? quite literally wow. true. My daughter knows how to do all of that. Yeah. Um, so what that means, though, is they love technology. They want technology. If it helps improve efficiency, effectiveness, getting the job done quicker. But they're looking for companies to have that, too. So again, if you're a antiquated company and you're just kind of using old technology, old computers, old this and that, it's not going to be that attractive. But if you're always thinking about how do we make things more efficient, how do we make it so that we could really work from anywhere, you know, because I have access to things I need and I've got my computer and my phone and all that. So that's the other side of the equation with Gen Z is I think is the oldest ones just joined the workforce last year and this year. For the next 10 years, companies and businesses are going to be hiring Gen Zers who are graduating. And I think they're going to have to really give thought to, again, how do we, for those Gen Zers we really love, how do we, how do we retain them? How do we keep them here so that we just don't have a revolving door? And so you've got to think about all those things at the company. From, again, it's a variety of things, from working from anywhere to you know, working remotely to uh, having a, a, an organization that is you know, inclusive and you know, prides itself on being diverse. And I mean, it's a lot of things. Um, but those are things that this generation is looking for. And, and I feel like the mindset has shifted so drastically. Like uh, most baby boomers had one, maybe two jobs, and they were there for 30 years, 25 years, something like that. And I'm an Xer, you're an Xer. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had, I will probably end up having maybe three or four. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And 10, they, 15 they will years probably each. have seven or eight. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. They're, starting with the millennials, yeah. they're not afraid to say, I don't. I have learned everything that I can learn it, it, in this spot. Yep. There's no room for advancement. I'm leaving just to sure. get a new experience, just to get more skill sets, just to advance myself for myself. I don't care that it's scary to make a change. I don't care if the money is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I work for somebody terrible because I currently love my boss. Sure. I'm fine with all of that because I need to grow. And Zers, I think, are yeah. going to be even more aggressive and impressive in that yeah, respect. Yeah, they are. So I, I really, one of the things, aside from my you know, loving that I teach at Rutgers, which I do love, I just, you know, I graduated from there, I just love Rutgers, but the greatest thing I take pride in is helping my students get internships, get jobs, mm -hmm. get experience, and then I maintain those relationships. So to your point, I've had students who graduated, you know, three, four years ago who are now into their third job. Yeah. And I don't look at that as unusual because I think in today's world, you said it best, you know, they're, they're looking to transform and grow and innovate. And um, they kind of have a feeling when they've done it at this place and now it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm on for my next challenge. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing, they're not scared of it. And they're not scared of it. No, yeah. not at all. I, and the way that boomers are retiring, like 10,000 a day at this point, mm -hmm. um, I think that more and more of those jobs, I don't feel it yet that boomers mm. are retiring 10,000 a day. I, I don't see it or feel it, but I know that eventually we all will. Sure. Um, and I know that employers are thinking right now, they're starting to get nervous, like how are we going to maintain the workforce that we have? Like what are we gonna, what What are the processes that we're gonna have to change because we're not gonna be able to fill these jobs matter, mm -hmm. no matter how competitive we are with salary or working from anywhere, all of that stuff. But thinking outside the box, it's so impressive that um, employers are willing to do that, but it's just not gonna be enough, I don't think. No, it's, it's um, 
it's completely changing. Yeah. The workplace is changing. The workforce is changing. You may have, to your point, even jobs and job titles now that won't exist in 10 or 15 right. years, right? right. Um, so again, it's another reason why we should probably pay attention to this consumer segment, this cohort, um, kind of understand what are they all about, what makes them tick. So it's why I, again, I immerse myself. It's, I might have it and then I'm with them all week. So I'm, I'm with them. So in being with them, I might as well truly understand, right? Sure. What are they looking for in a future employer? Yeah. Um, if they're not watching traditional media, well, how do they get information? I mean, so I've just immersed myself fully into it because I truly believe that there's something there that can mm -hmm. be shared with businesses, companies, organizations, marketers, even media companies. I'll give you a quick example. So the Emmy Awards aired a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. So the next day, I had two or three classes the next day. So let's say I had 100 students in two or three class, three classes. I just survey fans. How many watched the Emmy Awards last night? So again, these can are- I a, Can I make a hold guess? On, hold on, hold on, yeah. So these are 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds. Out of, so let's say out of 100. One. Oh, more than enough, six. Okay. But to your point, if I'm the networks, this year was on Fox. Mm. You're terrible. And I knew that, I'd be like, okay, well, if that's 2019, what's gonna happen in 20, to yeah. your point, it's gonna be one next year yeah. and the following year. And that's that also, to me, is the same with the Oscars, where yeah, the numbers, yeah. it was slightly higher, maybe because that was in February, it was early in the year, but I think I had 10 or maybe nine out of 100, slightly higher. Mm. Um, and so their reaction is, okay, well, why not? And what they'll say is, there's no reason for me to sit for a three or four hour program when I can easily the next morning get snippets that I want to watch mm. of my favorite actor, my favorite actress, my favorite musicians on my phone at my yeah. time. So it could be, well, I'm going cross campus on the bus to my next class. Well, I'm going to catch up, I'm going to catch up on it right here. And it's just a more efficient use You're of totally my time. Right. So that's, yeah. that's a big thing. It's a time, there's a, there's a whole efficiency thing here where it's, um, I want to be able to do things on my time, wherever I am on this device, my phone. And if, so for that reason, I don't need to sit in front of a program that's on. In fact, they almost think that that's just Ar doesn't make sense. It's why arcane. is there why is there something on TV for? Th mm. <laughs> yeah, it's arcane. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And so if you are the, any of the networks, and you're selling advertising against that, obviously you're selling advertising against a viewership number. Mm -hmm. Well, this year when the Emmys were over, not just my Gen Zers, but the viewership numbers were way down. Mm -hmm. So in the future, you know, you have to figure out how do I sell advertising against something that either is declining every year or we're losing an audience. So we have to figure ways to, again, transform the show into maybe a different kind of show. Right? Mm -hmm. It lives in different forms and different ways. So. It's just, it's, it's great things to just think about and consider and almost look into the future and say, okay, well, where will the Emmys be in 10 years if only, as you said, one or two or three out of 100 are watching an owl? That's not going to go up in 10 years. Right. And Gen Alpha comes after Gen Z, and they're not going to watch the same show. So. <laughs> I was wondering in fact, what they were do. How old is your child? She's two. So Gen she's Alpha. Alpha. Gen yeah. Alpha, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll write that uh, book next. You and I. Exactly, yeah. Together. Goodness. All right. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to play a game. Cool. Okay, sounds good. And we're back, and it is now time to play a game, my favorite game, called Awful or Awesome. I'm going to oh. name three things in quick succession. We each have to decide whether or not they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. Mm. All right, ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. I appreciate that. You've played this game before. I, I know. Not. I, I am not. I'm a regular on this show. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Series regular. I might, uh, be, I might go speechless here. No. <laughs> no, you will not. No, I purposely chose things that you'll have opinions about, I okay. think. Uh, first up is cold calling. 
awful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big believer in conducting research before you reach out to anyone. What, what, no matter what it is you're trying to, for lack of a better word, sell. Mm. And I just, you know, who are they? What are they all about? I'll give you a quick example. Last night I had a journalist come into my class to teach, talk to my students a public relations course. He said, I get so many cold calls. Mm -hmm. I hang up. I throw them, you know, or if it's an email, I delete it. But if you took a little bit of time to understand what I write, what I cover, yeah. you actually wrote, read my last story. He goes, I'll, I'll pick up the phone. I'll talk to you because mm -hmm. you actually did a little bit of research. So I'm, I'm a big believer in actually conducting that research before you, you reach out to anybody, whether it's a business connection or, or something else. Totally agree. I think it's awful. In fact, I think, it's, I think cold calling is death. I think it's absolutely yeah. the worst thing you could possibly do because for many of the same reasons, but also sales in general is a numbers game. Cold calling is a numbers game. If you do 100 cold calls, you'll get 10 people who will answer the phone. One person will maybe let you set up an appointment. And then you're walking into that meeting hoping to do your research, but that person has no interest really. They're, yeah. they're going to be resentful immediately at the start of the conversation that you got them to agree mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, I think cold calling is death. Yeah, I'm not really in sales. I, I know from the being the recipient guy. Sure. Like, there you go. Those are never fun. Uh. Um, actually, one of the first couple times I talked to you, um, you know, I used to get all these like things, you know, cold, well, really emailing, like cold emailing me yeah. about stuff. And it was all Kate kind of stuff. So I just started like forwarding Kate's all of these. Yeah, oh. like, so I just started oh, forwarding oh. them all to Kate. And she gives me a call and she's like, are these like people you know that, you know, like you're, you're and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just sending you all my spam. <laughs> How you like me now? <laughs> I forgot about and that. And somehow we're here today after all I think that's how we got to be friends. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious because I called you and I was like, I don't understand. Exactly. Well, why are you sending why are you me sending these? And I'm like, well, stuff? I don't know. I, I don't want them. So here you go. It like you might be the person on staff who could best uh, respond to these people. Exactly. Yeah. I think that was your answer. Yeah. But I was like, you just want me to tell them to go away? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you guys, even from your side, let's say there's a guest in this state you really want. There's some guest, mm -hmm. yeah. CEO of some business. And to your point, you want just cold call. I mean, no. Okay. Who knows who knows who knows Absolutely. that person? Absolutely. What's our connection? What's our angle? Yeah. What's, you know, what, let's make it relevant to them. Yeah. And then let's figure out the best way to reach out to them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. I mean, I feel like if you're thinking about what the experience is going to be like on the other end of the phone, you're ahead of the game. Agreed. You have Absolutely. To, you have to just make that experience as easy and painless and fun and interesting yeah. as possible. And if, and if it's not, why would they talk to you? That's right. Why? There's a great movie that came out last year. Sorry to bother you. You should check that out. It's all about You've been oh, really? trying yeah. to get oh. me to. Yeah, I'm writing that down again. Write it down. Huh? Sorry to bother you. But it's on Netflix at the moment. You know, you never know in two weeks oh, when this airs. Okay. But. <laughs> okay. I've never seen this play slash movie, but isn't Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross about oh, Always sales? selling, always selling. Yeah. Always selling, always closing the deal. I, I was going to go back to your point was, again, no matter what it is we're trying to get to, whether it's you guys are trying to get a big guest for this show and it's someone you've really wanted to get, to your point, well, there's a few ways to go about that. Yeah. One way is, yeah, cold call, hope, it's not going to happen. But right. maybe someone actually we know knows someone, so that's at least getting us closer yeah. to that, and that person has more credibility with us because they know that person. Mm -hmm. If they say, hey, by the way, you know, the hosts are going to call you up because they, they think there's real good reason for you to come on the show, at least they'll be more apt to listen, understand, exactly. maybe, so. maybe say, yeah, I'm going to be there. So yeah, I agree with you on so. that. All right, next up, coffee appointments. <laughs> so this is a gimme. <laughs> uh, again, you know, I, I'm not really in sales, but right. you know, I like getting together with people. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not really what I meant. Yeah, I know. Do you want to do the honors? Yeah, I'll do the honors. I mean? So I, um, anytime I speak, especially when I speak to whether it's Gen Z or just folks who are 
in transition in a career, I say, you got to get cup of coffee meetings. Now, I've never had a cup of coffee in my yeah. life. Never. I was going to say, I don't really drink the coffee. I don't no, drink coffee I mean, either. I drink a lot of water. But a cup of coffee meeting <laughs> is just this way of, again, it, I'm not trying to get a formal interview. I'm not trying to get this formal meeting. Right. Can we just get together down the block for a cup of coffee, a slice of pizza? I've got something I want to run by. I want to, you know, or whatever it might be. Get to know you better. Get to know you. I want to learn more about your company. I want to understand how they make hiring decisions. Exactly. It's those kinds of things. So. I'm a big believer in cup of coffee meetings, cup of coffee appointments, because well, pizza again, it's, appointments. it's just pizza very much so. <laughs> you know, you can sign me up for just about any amount of time if you promise to be pizza. Oh, there exactly. we go. <laughs> but it, just like you said, people are you know, receptive to that. Sure. Yeah. I've got 30 minutes. I've got, yeah, you know, let's sit down, let's talk mm -hmm. about it. I'll tell you everything I can about this company I work for, about this organization, whatever it might be. As opposed to, um, can I meet with you? I need a job and I want to come in and I need a job. And No, that's not, mm. no. I, Don't no. you love that when you, when someone, uh, you get an email, somebody wants to connect with you on LinkedIn and so you do it, you don't know them. And the next thing you get is a direct message from them saying, hey, it looks like you and I do similar things. I'd love to be able to tell you more about what I do. And, blah, blah, blah. and you're like, are you really, for, for real right now? I've noticed it's, it I goes back to what you what? say, this cold, cold emails that you send over. Yeah. I've noticed that. an uptick in this lately. Yeah. So someone on LinkedIn, you look and say, okay. Oh. And you may even see if they have connections with people you know. And so, yeah. sounds good. Within seconds. Yes. I'm yes. selling this. I'm selling that. Mm. What, you know. Would you be you interested in yeah. taking a meeting with me? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Within seconds. Well, what'd you do uh, accepting them? Well, the well, thing again. is, I have a very liberal policy when it comes to LinkedIn. Okay. I think that the world Somebody said once the six feet rule. If you're within six feet of me, you're a prospect. Okay. Right? And, and so I look at the world that way in LinkedIn. Like, I am not going to say no to anybody on LinkedIn. We can wow. all connect with each other. Wow. And we should all be networking. And it's it's great. And and for the same reason, coffee appointments. Sales is a numbers game. I want to know as many people yeah. as possible. I want as many people in my network as possible. But the, the direct sale oh. approach three seconds after I've connected with you? No, thank you. Or no, the same way, you know, someone, uh, you follow someone on Twitter and oh, within seconds God. you've got this, you know, message that says, I think you'd like what I'm selling or I think you'd like, you know, this business and it's, let's connect on that. So yes. it's, yeah, it's very interesting. It's funny you bring it up because the journalist last night, he brought that up right away. He said, unlike you, he doesn't connect with a lot of folks on LinkedIn, but when he does, it really is a turnoff when seconds later he gets that message that it makes says. Makes me want to unfriend you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not the word. Hmm. It's not yeah. Facebook. No, but you're right. Yeah. It's the same, same idea. Yeah. Give that guy some advice. So let's just say, like, you know, rather than the, the immediate thing, what would you prefer? What's the better way for that person to get a hold of you? you, you wanna well, I would just, again, what's happening lately, and again, I'm glad you brought it up, because I just mm -hmm. feel like this year, 2019, I'm seeing it more and more. It's this cookie-cutter message template. of you just a template. Tell. Just, you know, I think you'd be interested in this. I sell this. I sell widgets. And I think you should buy more widgets, about, right, right? As opposed to maybe one, not sending it two seconds after you accept yeah. it. Um, but also just, um, hey, I know you and I have a connection in John Doe. You know, he thought something I'm involved in you might want to hear about. You know, so at least customize it a little bit, make it a little more personable, that or, kind of thing. Or start slow. Yeah. Don't, don't sell me anything. Maybe, maybe send, <laughs> oh, me, send me a direct message that's, hey, you do something that's really interesting. I would love to take you for a cup of coffee someday and learn more about it. Do cup you, of coffee meeting. Cup of coffee Slice meeting. Of Slice, Slice of pizza. Slice of pizza meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did have, so it's funny you say that. So I spoke, <laughs> and when I speak to, again, groups, especially executives in transition, I bring up the cup of coffee and guy came back to me after he goes, how about a slice of pizza? And so he shot me an email that day and I met with him for a slice of pizza and 
we were meeting more to strategize about his career and where he could go. I, w I didn't have a job for him. He wasn't looking. He was just looking for advice. But we did it over pizza, and yeah. I do eat pizza. I don't drink coffee, but and I And the eat thing pizza. is, people tend to be very generous with their time and their advice if, if it's not like um, hard sell attached yeah. to it. Well, I'm, you know, I say it, and I think it's probably in all my books, I say 99% of the people in this world are givers. Yes, I believe it. totally. They want to help. They want to yeah. collaborate. They yeah. want to anything they can do. They're happy to help. But... But you can't. Got to take the right approach. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, given all of that, do you have an awful or awesome on coffee appointments? Oh, didn't I say in the beginning? Yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like this idea of the pizza appointment more. I do too. I feel like that sounds <laughs> different so enough. You know, like like if somebody comes to me, they're like, "You want to get coffee?" I'm like, "Oh, really?" But if you came to me and you said, "Do you want to get pizza?" I'm like, "Oh, pizza." So, that sounds so good. let's start changing that phrase. Yeah, exactly. Let's start, yeah. Flip, Flip the script. I like that. Yeah. Here's the problem with that. Sure. I am somebody who will have two coffee appointments, a lunch appointment, and then two coffee appointments. Like mm -hmm. sometimes my day is stacked wow. that tight. Sure. I can't have one of those coffee appointments be pizza and be able to do lunch at the same time. Uh, Mm. Either before okay. or after, right. you know. Okay. Sorry. Right. So, what what would be an alternative, you know, from somebody, you know, who? Yeah. What well, what would you think? Instead of coffee. Instead of coffee, what would be like another, you know, Ooh. thing to hook you and reel you in? We're trying to give some advice because there's a lot of people probably out there that want to sell some stuff. Oh, I absolutely. Think and about this. What could be a nice alternative to coffee appointment? Yeah. I mean, I like coffee appointments, oh, okay. but I don't so drink coffee, so it's usually like yeah, a bottle go. of water appointment for me. Mm. Or a what, I, what I'm getting you know at though is like, what can they say? You know what's funny here? Yeah. I'm just no. As you're going through that, sure. Thirty, forty years ago, it would have been a martini. I'm just saying. Oh, but, it's oh, still true. Isn't that about funny? That, that's you know, changed. Somebody though. offered one of I'm those. I'm just saying how it's changed. Well, like let's we, go get a drink. Four years ago, ten o'clock in the morning. Let's go get a drink. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's just interesting let's how bring that's bring it changed. back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring back the martini. Should we have a flask appointment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, since we're moving to food, the Impossible Burger is the very last. Oh, awesome! The Impossible. Have you had one of these? So yes, let me give you my story on this. So sure. oh, I'm a big believer. Right? So this category is booming right now. I right. Mean, yes. There's, there's so many brands getting involved now. The big food companies are getting involved. So um, I'm a big Beyond Meat guy, mm -hmm. uh, and Beyond Meat and Possible Burger yeah, are kind like of the, different brands. Yeah, right? kind of the two that are you know the the giants right now. But there's many other brands out there. Um, I have not had an Impossible Burger. I've had Beyond Meat burgers. I just had two yesterday. Love them. Two. Two. You had two of them. Two of them back to back. Not, to, not on top of each other, back to back. Uh, yeah. but, but what it is, it's, we haven't it's, gotten to a point yet where we're the triple. It's hard to explain <laughs> um, if you haven't had it. But it's just, I don't know what the right word is. It just doesn't leave you, it doesn't have that greasy feeling. It doesn't leave you, you know, you're, you're, you're satisfied, but I don't feel, ever feel like I'm so full. It actually but, looks and tastes like meat. Yeah, so for the yeah. people Which out there that awesome. haven't heard of this, because a week ago you didn't. I hadn't yeah. heard of it. Oh, okay. We were I talking about these, and you were like, what is it? Is it like six burgers <laughs> on yeah. top of each other? I thought other? it was like, you know when you go to Harold's yeah. uh, Deli, yeah. and it's like a, it, this big of a sandwich? And sure. Yeah, that's what I thought of. Yeah. So the, the company, the Impossible People and the Beyond, the Beyond People, yep. they you know did their science magic, mm -hmm. and they made meat not meat, not plants meat. that taste exactly like meat. Now, I don't know what exactly they've done mm -hmm. to those plants to get them to that point, sure. you know? But yeah, I like, don't want to know. I Yeah, I, I don't think I do. Because it, got, it has to involve injecting the flavor somehow. I don't yeah, know. I don't it's a good question. But I but we know this. It's every day in the news. Yeah. Every day another major brand. So right now, McDonald's is testing Beyond Meat in sure. Canada. Burger King has the Impossible Burger, right? right? Yeah. I mean, every Dunkin' Donuts just last week uh, announced they're bringing the Beyond Meat in for sausages. Mm -hmm. So every day it's in the news, 
Um, it'll be interesting to see just where it goes in the next one, three, five years. Mm -hmm. um, but it's uh, it's funny you bring it up just because it's it's news every day. Like there's a story about it every day about this category. Yeah, I could not believe how much it tasted like meat. Yeah, yeah. I was. Astonished. I'm sure that if you gave me a blindfold and you you put, you know, two burgers from the same brand. So like, let's say I had like a Whopper and an Impossible sure. Whopper. I don't know that I could tell you. Which Especially one was with which. all of the condiments, like I took. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. So yeah. I I was having lunch with a friend and she ordered a burger with like all the stuff and I took a forkful of a corner sticking out of the bun. So it, my okay. piece of meat didn't have ketchup or pickle or onion anything. It was just the meat again. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> just the meat, <laughs> and it still tasted great, yeah. like even without all of the toppings. Yeah, I was. Shocked. So now the other end of the the thing there is that like you know when I first had it I was like oh wow well if this is the case like you know I'll eat this from now on I don't care but apparently it's not really healthier for you or you know yeah, the, the, the count is what do the you call same. it the the jury is still out okay. on whether or not it's it's healthier for you we we went on to the uh, Burger King website and we compared like the calorie count and the fatty and the sodium mm -hmm. from a regular Whopper to an Impossible Whopper and there wasn't a dramatic difference. Interesting, okay. You know? Didn't you say the sodium was different? The sodium was dramatically higher in the Impossible awesome. version. Yeah. Um, and I think the fat was lower. That makes but sense. the calories were comparable. I think it was maybe like 20 less on the Impossible okay. side. but. Yeah, yeah, so maybe if they can, and I know that this is now the second um, recipe. It's like Impossible Whopper, two, not Impossible Whopper, Impossible Burger mm -hmm. 2.0. They have said that when they get to 3.0, because I'm following this with great interest now. Wow. When we get to 3.0, they are trying to like you know make advancements and you know really bring that down. Sure. So that it is more of an objective. Like yeah, obviously I want to get in on that kind of a decision. <laughs> no. you know? But it's but no, your point. I'm following it too because every day you know it's taking up. More space in supermarkets. They're having mm. larger footprint there. More restaurants. Um, eventually, McDonald's. As I said, they're testing Beyond Meat in Canada, which made news about two or three weeks ago. Eventually, who knows? Maybe they'll have Beyond Meat in in, in the state. So it's interesting just to see where it all goes. And again, only time will tell. Does this category really explode and you know take over, or does it fade into the? We'll see. Mm. Again, five, ten years from now, we'll see. Hmm. Sure. I have to believe that it's only going to expand. I would think so, too. I mean, the way that climate change is attached to the meat industry or vice mm -hmm. versa, the more that that makes the news, the more people are going to... I mean, there are a lot of reasons to be a vegetarian. I have failed at it so many times because <laughs> yeah. of bacon. Bacon always brings bacon me down. Bacon is incredible. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of really, really good reasons to become a vegetarian. And as Gen Z mm -hmm. really comes of age and gets, oh, uh, you yes. know, becomes major consumers, I think that... Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to grow. Well, you touch on something with Gen Z, whether it's food or, or other. Um, they really look to align and support companies who have a higher purpose. So the purpose isn't right. just selling right. us something. to make money. But is there, you know, as I talk about the idea mm -hmm. of purpose over profits. Mm -hmm. So are they putting a purpose over just selling yeah. um, more than just a transaction? What are they doing for our environment, for society, for the right. world? And so that is something that Gen Z does look at pretty closely, and then yeah. they decide whether they're going to support that company by purchasing their products or not. Mm -hmm. So, hey, wait, segue. Mm. So tell us some more, you know, about career and transition. Oh. Speaking well, of Gen Z, right? <laughs> well, the inspiration for career well and transition. So, thank you very much for the segue. So, sure. 2017, I wrote my first book, 101 Lessons They Never Taught You in College. This book was in response to my students who, after class, would email me, call me, text me, and say, yeah, 
Absolutely. Thank you. How do I get an internship? How do I write my resume? How do I conduct a phone interview versus an in-person interview? How do I get those cup of coffee or pizza meetings? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so I took all the answers and turned them into these kind of 101 pithy lessons. Everything from how to write a note after you get done a meeting to, again, how to conduct a phone or a Skype interview. These are interview. great lessons. I'm, I, there's like, they're really short. Like, short, yeah. Lesson 24 is anything is, po is possible. 25 is be happy. And there's like a couple of quick paragraphs on each. Oh yeah. And they're good. And so work this hard be nice. I have a t-shirt that says that. There we go. <laughs> work hard be nice. Yes. So this book um, they owe you some royalties on that. <laughs> yeah. So this book came out and it got a lot of major media coverage, but then I got a call from just down the road here, a career support group in Princeton, New Jersey meets every Friday morning at ten o'clock Friday morning. And they said, we saw you wrote the book, can you come speak? I said, well, the book was really for college students. They said, no, we read the book. We think it applies to people in their 30s, totally their 40s, does. their 50s. See, yeah. they didn't cold call you. They read the book. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And so I delivered that first speech to probably 100 people who attend this meeting every week. Now, again, the audience changes because as people get jobs, you know, they don't attend anymore. But it's folks who are in transition. That's great. And then as I did one of those meetings turned to two, and I ended up doing 15 or 16, the most recent was early this year. There's an organization in East Brunswick meets once every month. It's called the Breakfast Club of New Jersey. They started right after 9-11 when a lot of people were out of work. Yeah. And so Frank Kovacs, who I co-authored the book with, on his own, at a diner, said we need to start an organization, nonprofit, just help people, volunteer-based organization. 18, 19 years later, they've helped tens of thousands of people get jobs. And just two weeks ago, Frank and I um, distributed these books to everyone in attendance. There were probably 100 or more people in the audience that day, gave them these books. But it was really about just saying that, uh, as we talked earlier, there's a lot of people out there who want to help you. You know, one of the lessons in here is it takes a village. You may feel like you're on an island when you're out of work, but there are a lot of people who want to help. You just need to kind of mobilize what I call your army. Get them involved. Let them know where do you want to go next. So this book is all about that. It's 101 lessons on that transition when you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. Because for a lot of those folks, they may have had that job to your point for the last 15 or 20 years. They haven't even looked at their resume That's in 15 right. years. They haven't dusted it off. Um, the last time they got a job, all this technology probably wasn't involved. It was mm -hmm. probably a good old school face-to-face, -face, where today, you know, there's these things called applicant tracking systems. You know, you, you send your resume in, and a robot is, and a computer is reading it. And if your resume has enough terms to match up with the job description, maybe you'll get a job interview, mm -hmm. maybe. And so it really talks about, in 2020, how do I secure my next opportunity now that I'm out of work and what are all the things I can do? And so um, this has been a great book. People who are out of work and have gotten it in one way or another have just said, this helped me so, so much. The other thing we have in this book is we've interviewed a lot of folks who were in transition in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. And so their advice, what helped them, how they got to their next job, it's all in here. They talk about exactly what worked well for them. It may not work for everybody. First chapter is exactly that. It's your, your journey is unique. There's no two journeys that are the same because again, it's based on your experience. It's based on your, your, um, your, your, you know, what I call your army, um, all your, your network. Uh, it's based on a lot of different things, your occupation, your industry, all those things. But people want to help. They just need to be asked for, you know, you yeah. just got to go out there and ask them. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, this book is, uh, received a lot of attention. Um, and uh, it's funny, we're not in a recession right now, but I could see if we were or in that place where more people were out of work, obviously this becomes, again, a helpful guide to just how, does, how do I get to that next place in my career.
Absolutely. Sure, where do you get one? So that's on Amazon. Um, Career in Transition is on Amazon, and as I mentioned, I co-authored with Frank Kovacs, who's a fascinating man, who again, on his own, started this organization, The Breakfast Club New Jersey, um, right after uh, the 9-11 attacks. And uh, you go up there on a Saturday in East Brunswick, and it's a room full of 100 plus. The majority are out of work, but what I love and what's so inspiring, in fact, the meeting we were at in um, early October, October 12th, folks who used to be in the meetings now have jobs come back and they share, here's how I got my job, here's what, here's what helped me, here was kind of my, my you know, tricks of the trade they got. And so they come back and share that. So it gives people in the room hope, it gives people in the room insights, and people leave there really feeling like, okay, I'm re-energized. Because that's the other thing too, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. You know, Might have just had, as you said, a great pizza slice meeting. Mm -hmm. I walk out and man, I had a great meeting. All right, I haven't heard from that guy in five days. Mm. You know, so now you go back down a little bit. So it's an interesting journey. So um, given the state of the, the market and wages and jobs and things like that, you know, the unemployment rate is, is very low right now. Yeah. And so fi filling, finding people to fill positions is a challenge. Um, is there a website with, with like the names of the people or their skill sets so that people who are looking, who are not having any luck uh, Oh, sure, with yeah. So one place, again, if, if you're watching this and you're in this great state of New Jersey or even nearby, just one source, there's many, but the, if you go to the Breakfast Club NJ, search them on Google, um, they've got Facebook pages, they've got a website, all that. Every day without fail, they are sending out 10, 15, 20, 25 jobs in the great state That's of New Jersey, awesome. Pennsylvania, New York, without fail. Um, as well as just lots of great advice, how to improve and evolve your resume, That's how to use LinkedIn to your advantage. Um, so that's just one source. There are other sources like that. So I call them career support networking groups. They may well, go by different names, yeah. but throughout New Jersey, there's at least, at least a dozen of these. Princeton, Hamilton, Somerville, Eatontown, East Brunswick, those are just a few. They really are all over the state. So it's this kind of support-based organization or volunteer-based organization where they're on the front line helping people every day get that next job and um, very, just an incredible group. That's awesome. Cool. Love it. So say somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Oh, that's a good, well, uh, I'm on Twitter at Mark Beal PR, um, which is not a bad way to get me. Sure. Of course, LinkedIn, Mark Beal on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's a few other Mark Beal, so I'm the Mark Beal, hmm. the, the you know, professor at Rutgers University. B-E-A-L. B-E-A-L. Um, so I think LinkedIn is always a good way. I get a lot of every day when I leave here, I'm sure I'll have 10 or 12 people you know, asking to connect on LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter's not a bad way either. Um, at least through those channels, and then typically what I'll do with someone is I'll say, you know, here's my email or here's my phone number. Why don't we get together for that pizza slice meeting? Or why don't we hop on the phone? We're going to have to do this strategy. Like, oh, it's going to have to be a yeah. thing we Well, do. maybe here we get pizza here as part of the show. That's brilliant. <laughs> we always talk about a working We lunch. talked about that like on a Spadia like show. Remember when we had Bill Spady on? Yeah. We talked about how oh, yeah. we're going to have the pizza right on the table. Yeah. But we haven't done it yet. We should totally do That's it. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like that idea. So we would be talking and eating on air. Yeah, you know what the problem is? Is that I'd be eating and <laughs> yeah. it'd be like my turn to talk and I'd be like, mm -hmm. I know, I know. <laughs> I'd be like, just give me a minute. I, I like I like the title though, working lunch. <laughs> yeah. No, as far as I like that for a absolutely a it's nice a working, show, lunch. working lunch. Oh, you know, for a title for a show, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a great. I think it's a good one. It's a free idea. There, there we go. go. Well, you guys own it right now. Okay, you yeah, yeah. come to All us. Right. And you will license you. it to you. Yeah. Sell it to you for <laughs> you look at I mean, really quick, quick sidebar. But you look at you know Jerry Seinfeld, comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty simple concept, Very. but it's now on Netflix and it's watched by millions. You know, so. 
Working lunch? Yes. Okay. I like, I like this. I like this idea right. a lot. CNBC's got nothing on Power Lunch. Working lunch is going to be the new show. It'll be I the like third it. podcast of the New Jersey <laughs> Business and Industry Association. We just need to come up with a concept. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the title. There and a sponsor. Go. Pizza sponsor. <laughs> That's the easy it. part. Absolutely. You know, you're the second person today who's talked to me about uh, a food sponsor. Somebody said that we should get a sponsor for the merch and have it be like uh, like Starbucks. Other people's business powered by Starbucks. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, Except wasn't it Zane <laughs> that said we should like you know start sprinkling these around at like Starbucks? You know, like so people would be in Starbucks. You know, like oh, drinking the right. mugs. <laughs> like, yeah. I forgot about that. That's a great idea. Yeah. We well, or again, we're we're primarily New Jersey focused, right? Right. So I would go even go to like a, a Rook Coffee, who's become a great business mm -hmm. here in New Jersey, primarily in Monmouth and Ocean County, but incredible reputation, great brand, um, and I'm sure there's one or two others in the state who have a chain, but they've got 13, 14 locations. You know, they would be here in a second with their coffee and their their mugs and supporting you. I know hmm. they So maybe it's oh, Jersey-based businesses that are sponsoring and supporting the show. I like it. I like Jersey it. Jersey Mike's. Sort of coffee. like NJM. Hmm. Exactly, the sort official of, sponsor yeah, of the show. Yeah, the official sponsor of the show, Absolutely. New Jersey Manufacturers. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we just get other categories. I like it. Coffee, food, yeah. and some others. Cool. Except we don't drink coffee. We always just drink water. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. It's yeah. fine, though. A little bit of inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's the show. That's our show. So thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We totally love you. Thank you. Um, thank you to NJM, New Jersey Manufacturers. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. They're the official sponsor of the show, and we appreciate them. Uh, and thank you again to Mark Beal oh, for being here today. This was great. Yeah. I, I conduct interviews every week, radio, television, you name it. This was by far the best because thank you. Well, flattered. I, well, I love the long form. I love the long form. It doesn't feel like it's you know three minutes and you're off air. So you guys yeah. really delve in the topic. Check it out while you're driving or whenever you want. But yeah. at the same time, you make it fun too. So it's fun, engaging. It's just what Gen Z wants. Awesome. Well, Sweet. Speaking of which, career in transition. Now on, I had to look for the title even though I knew it. <laughs> career in transition. Check it out on Amazon and Audible as well. Right? It's coming. Uh, to Audible but yeah, soon. we're excited. First, first of my four books that will be on Audible by the end of the year and. Uh, the guy who's doing the voiceover right now is exceptional, exceptional job. So we're looking forward to it. Yay. Sweet. Fabulous. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.